and welcome to the Mac Gamecast episode 45. I am John Carr as always, and with me is Ted and Casper. How are you doing, gents? Doing well. Yeah, doing pretty good. Thanks. All right. Quick note, we are on a new uh, podcast recording uh, platform. Uh, everything seems to be the same, but if there's any uh, differences, it might be due to that. So uh, we're, we're, we're trying it out. Seems good, but, you know, a first time trying it, just figured I'd mention that up front. In case listeners are like, what's going on? <laughs> it's yeah. not the same as it's been the last XYZ episode. Speaking of episode count, I was just thinking this morning, um, what episode are we on? It's got to be around 45, 44, 45. And it was. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. We're almost up to 50. That's pretty fun, honestly. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, we nice. stack what I call the Legacy or Archive show, which Ted and I were on, um, and some other guys way back, like 10 years ago or more, mm-hmm. Uh, longer, I think. Um, I think that got up to episode 35. I still want to post some of those. The best one is the uh, interview with Edwin from Feral. Yeah. Um, which I think was up early on in the show's life, episode four or something. Anyway, I, I keep saying I'll post it, but I do want to select a few of the higher quality ones um, and, and post them as like archive show or something. Anyway, mm. that aside, it's just exciting to, you know, numbers are fun. That's all. In one sense, meaningless. In one sense, not. Depends on your point of view. But. Um, so what are we talking about today? Uh, probably a lot of tech stuff. Casper and Ted have been watching some Apple tech talks. I have not, I'm afraid. So they have some cool comments there. There's some more like, yeah, I mean, we, we haven't even had a show since the, uh, Apple event that was up, uh, that's true. With, well, uh, really? oh, wow. well, Sam and I did the, um, um, Baldur's Gate three review, but that was just two right, of us. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that, that was, is. that was just a ga- pure, hundred percent pure game review. Yeah. Nothing else other than I mentioned feral, something about feral. I can't remember what it was. Speaking of Feral, they finally announced a release date for Grid Legends three plus years later, which is wild to me. Casper mm-hmm. said it was like three years and a few months. Yeah, I started doubting that actually because I said three years and about a month because I figured it was about the same time as the M1 MacBook Air That's what I thought. got announced. Oh, but okay. I started doubting if they like announced it later at Dub Dub the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's it, at least well, been quite a while. It's at least <laughs> two years, if not three. It started giving me Fable flashbacks. Yeah. Here's the game! And then it's like, uh, where? Yeah. Uh, I Oh, man, I can't remember. What, what was the date? December 12th or 6th or something? What did I put? The 12th, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the 12th. Yeah. And uh, But mostly just some general tech talk, uh, M3 performance, you know, gaming uh, porting kit up. <laughs> GPK makes you think chat GPT game porting kit updates and uh, anything else we want in, uh, in the news. But uh, I've been rambling. i um, going to turn it over to you guys. You know, what sort of tech talk do you want to start with or shows or anything? The Apple shows. I mean, yeah, I mean, so the big deal uh, on the table was that Apple had that event. It's been, you know, a bit now, um, but they announced the M3, the M3 pro and the M3 max and the computers that they go into, um, which, did they announce a Mac Mini, or was it just the... I think it was just the, the iMacs. Yeah, the iMac and the laptops, yeah. I feel yeah. like it's kind of weird that the Mac Mini didn't get an update, given that there's no chip in the Mini series that they didn't refresh, but okay. Um, <laughs> makes sense that the studio didn't get an update, because you know then you would have this weird mix of the M3 Max and the M2 Ultra, which would feel weird, right? But weird that the Mac Mini didn't get an update, I feel, but... There we go. Uh, new chips uh, with ray tracing. So we finally have that on the Mac. Um, seems to be performing pretty well in the tests I've seen. Um, some very good Blender scores. Uh, Blender is the only thing I really know of that utilizes the ray tracing course so far. Don't know if you guys know of anything else. No. Not offhand, no. no. Not on the um, Mac side anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. going to come down the road. The hardware comes first and the software comes later because, you know, it doesn't make sense for hardware to, or software to exist that can't run on any hardware. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Blender Blender works and it seems to run really fast, outperforming by by quite a margin the M2 Ultra, um, you know, in, in tasks that utilize those ray tracing cores. In tasks that don't, it seems to be very close to the M2 Ultra, but not quite. Um which is impressive for a, a chip that's a step down relative to an ultra chip. Um, this, of course, is the full M3 Max, which upgraded config more expensive than before as well with the, the big Max dice. Um, but then also we get a, a lower entry point for the MacBook Pro series with the ProMotion display and the new design, not the old touch bar one. But 
still more expensive than if you were to buy a 13-inch MacBook Pro with an M2 chip, but now you get all the niceties of the better display and the new design and the 14-inch display and all that. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the performance seems seems good to me. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed with the M3 Pro, given that it's been downgraded in a few aspects. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously still an improvement over M2 Pro, but it's sort of like a side-grade improvement in that you're losing some cores, meaning that you win on single-threaded, but the multi-threaded performance is pretty much the same. But then you win on efficiency because it uses less power to complete the same amount of work. Um, GPU, well, you actually lose a bit of performance there because of fewer GPU cores um, in some like in, in, in some workloads, I should mention, because obviously it has the new features like ray tracing cores that'll win you performance in the workloads that can make use of it. But I've seen testing of, you know, the, the old horse of the Tomb Raider benchmark where it just doesn't perform as well as the M2 Pro by, by a few frames per second, right? But still feels weird yeah. to have a downgrade in a chip generation. But that's what we're looking at. And yeah, it's it's cool. Um, I also saw some of the, the tech talks Apple did where they talked about the underlying technology behind the new GPU architecture, which is the same for the A17 Pro. Um, but they they do some really cool things where the memory across the GPU itself, which, you know, I'm talking about the, the memory inside of the GPU, which is different from the system memory that can it can access with your RAM, right? Um, but all the, like, caches of the GPU can now combine, and it doesn't matter if you need more cache for texture memory or more cache for uh, integer operations like holding um, math values or if you need more cache for some other part of the GPU pipeline, it can reallocate all of its total cache to where it needs to be dynamically at runtime, which uh, NVIDIA introduced something similar in one of their recent GPU architecture. I forget if it was like Hopper or whichever one it was. But for them, it didn't include what's called the register file, so the most uh, temporary values that can be in a, in math registers at any time. And it seems like Apple has found a way to also get the register file into this shared cache pool, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that's uh, some of the more interesting aspects and takeaways from the architecture of the GPU. Um, obviously, the GPU will be used in, in many workloads and something like um, video editing will see some benefits, photo editing will see some others, and uh, gaming will see that combination of interesting benefits from it, uh, in particular if they can make use of, of the ray tracing cores. Um, mm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Speaking of workloads, you are mentioning a friend of yours who had, I think, the new machine, and he had some pretty impressive results compared yeah, to... Yeah, so I, I know someone who works at MotionFX, or MotionVFX, I think uh, they're called, mm. which is a company that uh, does um, plugins for Final Cut, DaVinci Resolve, Premiere Pro, the mm. video editing applications. Um, he works on the, the rendering uh, pipeline where they have a product, uh, I think it's called MO2, like oxygen, you know, O2 to the power 2. And he's working on the next generation of that, O3. Um, he's been running some tests on the M3 Max because he got that from work to work on integrating the new ray tracing hardware with their software suite. Um, and he's very impressed with the performance he's getting. Um, I ran some of the, uh, his tests on my personal M1 Pro, uh, M1 Max with the 24-core GPU at some point. And I, f- I forgot the exact number I posted in the chat, but there was some, like, like a six, seven times seven yeah, his, performance yeah. improvements in some cases. Wow. That's really stressing the ray tracing hardware. So um, that's not like a, a an apples-to-apples, so to speak, perf- uh, performance comparison because you're comparing, you know, you know the, the parts of the M1 Max that are just trying to brute force this and the m3 max has acceleration blocks specifically for these kind of tasks but it shows that if you can put them to use you can really get some good gains right so yeah it's pretty cool yeah that is that is interesting um and that's you know (laughs) we've been talking about this for so long for so many years since the start of the silicon event uh Mm -hmm. i'm vaguely concerned sometimes listeners will be like they're just talking about this again but it's like but it's still coming to fruition, which is why it keeps coming up as a talking point. The potential just kind of keeps being uncovered layer by layer, like, uh, well, I guess like an onion or whatever you want to, you know, uh, a really big apple. If we're just peeling, <laughs> you know, we're still not down to the to the part where you eat yet. We're like, it's coming. 
or you could get a few nibbles here and there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a couple games, you know. But, um, you know, like Resident Evil 4 is also coming. I think you posted December 20th. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of get into that a little later. This this what at least Ted and I find this curious sort of uh, iPhone push, but has this yeah. like Mac aside to it that presumably will benefit us anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically new machines, great. Um, and I believe your and Sam's conclusion after a lot of you know chatter back and forth on the Discord was basically uh, for the like say someone's listening or now and in the future they're looking to pick up an M3 machine for gaming. They should probably skip the Pro and get a baseline or a Max or an M2 Pro. I mean, it, it, it of course depends on your budget, right? Um, Let's assume <laughs> you could make your pick within reason. <laughs> if you can make your pick, go for the Max, right? But the Max is more expensive than ever. The, the jump from Pro to Max, the, the price gap has increased this generation quite substantially. Yeah. Um, and while the Pro chip isn't really that noticeable a jump from the M2 Pro to the M3 Pro and then kind of the sideway jump in some aspects. Mm. Um, the, the jump in the M3 Max relative to the M2 Max is substantial, but so is the price jump, right? So if you, if you take price into account, I would say that the base M3 is the best bang for the buck, um, especially when you get like consider the 14-inch chassis that you can get it in and, and that... You know, it, relative to the M2, uh, where you would have to get it in a 13-inch chassis. And again, that, that also is a price hike. But I would say that's more justified because you get all the benefits of jumping from the 13-inch to the 14-inch. Where going all the way to the max chip is ludicrously expensive. And I would say in some sense, it's better value than the M3 Pro because it also gives you a major performance jump. Then on the other hand, it is ludicrously expensive. And the, <laughs> yeah. the M3 Pro, while it feels... It, it sort of has a sour taste to it because of that lag in performance. But on the flip side, it benefits in efficiency. So if you are someone who would like to get a laptop and game without a power supply handy at all times, <laughs> then I actually think the M3 Pro does offer substantial value over the M2 Pro in that you can probably get an hour or two, maybe even two and a half hours or something more game time in with it than you could on an M2 Pro. But if you are tossing up like in that price range where you want to get a Pro chip and you're not willing to go to a Max and you want the extra beef over the, the baseline, I might be inclined to I'd like suggest looking at the prior generation and seeing if you can get an M2 Max or just a full M2 Pro and save a bit of cash or something. Yeah, I'm just looking at Apple's website now. I didn't realize how ridiculous they get, especially in the 16-inch. <laughs> like three and a half, four thousand dollars before you even add any, maybe some more upgrades. It's like, oh yeah. my lordy. Yeah, yeah, the the Max chips are expensive. <laughs> I forgot they were that pricey. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty brutal. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I feel like also at this point, it's difficult to recommend a machine again, assuming I mean. Most people who own Apple machines have a fair bit of coin because mm-hmm. laptops in particular, because of their, uh, let's say a pro and above, not the airs, mm-hmm. you know, you get them for like a thousand or even sub a thousand with an education discount, assuming a pro machine minimum, you know, not exactly cheap. Um, yeah. Presumably you're also buying it for some sort of work purpose. You know, you're, you're some kind of professional, <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe you're just, you know, a gamer guy or gal who happens to have a bunch of coin and doesn't want a PC. That's cool too. But the point I'm getting at is there isn't really enough games, in my opinion, of course, I'm biased, mm. to really be like, here's a great selection. Uh, sorry, native games. There's plenty of right, options. Natives, Alternatively, yeah. through game board and kit, crossover, other mm. shenanigans or related shenanigans, uh, that's a separate conversation. So if you have enough know-how, your options, you know, your menu, let's call it, are probably pretty darn mm. good. You could be playing Cyberpunk or Diablo 4 or God of War or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, through these alternative options. But if mm. you're a native person with no know-how and we don't really know the end game necessarily of the game porting toolkit, by which I mean, I guess it's in crossover now. So that's kind of an end game. Yeah, I'd like to discuss a little bit further uh, later, but I think there's some interesting aspects to that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, but we have to assume, you know, let's just, this isn't a derogatory term, just the like the average gamer Mm-hmm. who isn't really tech savvy, just wants to buy a computer and play, and they either use Steam or the App Store, and that's kind of their limit. Right. Um, 
I do think you're kind of limited. Say you want to get a high-end gaming Mac. Well, Mm -hmm. you have a bunch of horror options, mostly, with more coming. (laughs) (laughs) I guess there's No Man's Sky. Uh, I guess Grid is coming if you're a racing fanatic. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, okay, Baldur's Gate 3, but you can already run that pretty well anyway across the Silicon line. Yeah. But, like, shooters, strategy games, big RPG means action RPGs. Like the kind of action adventure games, the kind of stuff that will typically stress your system, or at least mm-hmm. from my point of view, the kind of games I would buy a higher end computer for, because it's like, man, I want this to like, woo, to like feel like I'm getting exactly. my money's worth, you know? Yeah. 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 Cranking something cool. Currently, we don't have that, in my opinion. Right. Uh, but I, I do think like the recommendations I gave before for configurations, uh, that was based on a gaming use case but i, I let, let's be real if your main use case here is gaming um you absolutely want a mac for whatever reason get a baseline and put the rest of the money into a console or a pc or something right <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> but i mean like realistically right decision. <laughs> Re- yeah. realistically speaking right if the if the only person, use case is that <laughs> and you want a mac that's the best bang for your buck, economically speaking. Right. If if you want a powerful Mac because you want a powerful Mac and you also want to play games on it, fantastic. There's a lot of great options out there, including what I mentioned before. The M3 Max is superb. Uh, the M3 Pro makes sense for mixed use cases where you're doing things that will use the CPU. You're doing things that might use the GPU aside from gaming as well, but maybe the GPU is just for gaming, but you want a better CPU than the baseline for other tasks or whatever. Perfect. You want a Mac because you want a luxury experience for other computing needs. Fantastic. But if it's just for gaming, the Mac chip just economically doesn't make sense, right? In any situation, if it's just for gaming. I, I don't think personally, at least. You know, uh, unless you're swimming in money, in which case, go <laughs> go for the boat, right? Go go yeah. whatever you want. No, but, it really yeah. is uh, not. It's it's a uh, it's above and beyond Apple's typical luxury price. It's mm-hmm. reaching like holy moly, yeah. you, you, like you really got coin to burn. Mm-hmm. You know, I typically cap out like somewhere between two and three grand on a, mm-hmm. on a Mac. Tradi- like historically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what, you know, I still have a, a M1 Pro, which hmm. seems to be just fine. As you all know, I have a gaming PC. So my, of course, I haven't been gaming much anyway. I've been playing lots of board games instead. Um, and lately I've been on the computer and tabletop simulator playtesting board games through tabletop <laughs> simulators. So, <laughs> some guy. so that, that, um, that's also yeah. on the, on the, on the laptop side, everything I've said so yeah. far, right? The, the yeah. landscape is different on the desktop and you could get any of the M chips significantly cheaper on a desktop. But then of course you also don't get those fantastic mini led displays with promotion. You don't get the built in speakers, the battery, all the, the jazz that comes with that. Mm. Um, but you will get a, a significantly lower entry point to something like an M3 Max, you know, not existing yet, but will come eventually um, yeah. in a studio or a mini or whatever, right? A pro right. or whichever yeah. chip. Yeah, depending on what kind of games you play. And once again, this is so subjective. You know, what kind of gamer are you? I, we've even talked about this long ago, probably years ago. Um, it, it goes beyond just your, your preferences of genre, like what uh, genre game you want to play. What settings are you willing to play a game at? What resolution? Mm-hmm. What FPS? Right. What right. low, medium, high, ultra graphical settings, and so on? Mm-hmm. What frame rates acceptable to you? Like, if you don't know the if if you don't have an answer to any of those questions, then you probably don't care and don't really need to think about it. If yeah. you're happy to just boot up a game and play it, then yeah, go grab an M3 iMac. You know, mm-hmm. or they're not too expensive. They have a nice 24 inch screen. They're a solid like, depending on your point of view, low to medium entry machine. Mm-hmm. And it supports ray tracing with the M3. You know, hey, not mm-hmm. bad at all. Pretty I mean, solid. on the CPU side of things, I think the M3 is a fantastic chip that you know, bordering on even high end, I would say, um, right? For, yes. for for the the kind of devices it's into, right? You know, right. You, I'm yeah. not saying high end for a workstation, but yes, yeah, for the right. type of devices um, on the GPU side, yeah, it's it's more low to mid than than high end. That's yeah, that's what I was really referring to, yeah. kind of its raw gaming power, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all that has to be considered or not, depending on your point of view when, you know, upgrading a machine, buying a new machine, uh, someone else asking you, hey, I want to, you know, 
play some new games on my Mac. What should I do? Because you're a gamer mm-hmm. guy or gal and you know what you're talking about. Well, maybe you do or you don't, but you know, these kinds of things are relevant. Um, you know, uh, what will you be satisfied with? Will you be happy at XYZ performance level? You know, and, you know, somewhat like uh, the excellent uh, Andrew Zai, if I'm saying that correctly, has all these cool videos, you know, uh, quite, I don't know how often he releases them other than fairly often, um, you know, with like testing games through game porting kit or natively if they're native and stuff like mm-hmm. that on the new hardware. So he's a great YouTube resource if you want to be like, well, what will an M1 or M2 or M3, whatever insert level here run mm-hmm. xyz game we'll go peek at his channel maybe there's other channels too but just, just a quick comment on that actually because i saw one of his recent videos where he tested games on the m3 max yeah um and so there's there's a new fairly new open source project uh called msync which um is a new way of emulating windows's way of waiting on certain things to be ready um on Mac specifically, because Wine, which crossover game porting toolkit, they're both based on Wine. What Wine has natively is like two mechanisms for for emulating Windows in that aspect. One just the the Wine one, and then one called eSync. And msync is is a new implementation of this specifically for Mac that will significantly improve CPU performance on on things that rely on waiting for certain things to be ready, which is something you fairly recently or fairly fairly frequently need in game relating situations where you might like perform some computations and then the CPU needs to wait for some things to be ready done like done by the GPU or by another CPU core synchronize and then continue execution or something right yeah um, and in the case of cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. switching from eSync which was already improved over the, the standard wine implementation of this um, synchronization primitive to msync increased performance on the m3 max from 36 frames per second on the tested settings to 80 holy moly pretty substantial Uh, this is only going to do anything for the situations where you are cpu limited if you're gpu limited it does nothing but in my testing in most situations where you're using something like game porting toolkit you are cpu limited not gpu limited interesting yeah the bottleneck Mm. huh how about that yeah, what I, you know, it's, the landscape's so weird to me, you know, mm-hmm. as a historically, you know, a lifelong Mac gamer, former game journalist for a number of years. And, you know, the old guard is basically all but gone, you know. Yeah. yeah even Feral is like on life support, like a couple of years later, there's like beep, something on the radar. You're like, oh my God, they're not <laughs> dead, you know, mm-hmm. or in a coma or whatever. Um and a lot of stuff seems to be third party or Apple sponsored, although that the ports on those have been really good. The Resident Evil stuff and No Man's Sky, as far as I understand, mm-hmm. um, like running really well on silicon hardware. Lies of P as well, from what I've heard, runs oh, really yes. well. I forgot about that. Lies. I knew there was something else in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, CD Projekt just updated The Witcher 1 and 2 to run mm-hmm. on uh, silicon machines. Really cool. Right. I played those games way back in the day on PC and Mac both because I've played them multiple times. Uh, the Mac performance was always pretty janky, so nice to know it's been updated. Hopefully mm-hmm. less buggy and weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, great games, though. I mean, some people don't like the Witcher 1's combat style. It's a little odd, but I still think it's fun. Witcher 2 is still pretty impressive, honestly, because for its time, I think in 2011 even, mm-hmm. it would, like, melt your PC. Like, <laughs> barely handle it. It was, like, the next crisis or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it actually holds up pretty darn well graphically, even, what, like, 12, 13 years later. It's, like, this game's pretty good looking. Like it doesn't look as old as it, as it is, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm a cyberpunk fanatic. So till like cyberpunk's on Mac in some way or the other, I'm like, I feel like that'll really legitimize the platform. I don't know why. <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. <laughs> uh. I mean, it is one of the most common like tests in videos people are mm-hmm. putting out on YouTube. Cyberpunk, 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 or Diablo, you know, which makes sense. They're popular games, but I just find that kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. The point I was getting at, didn't mean to ramble as I do. Um, because previously some in-house ports were weird, although I guess I'm really thinking of something like, um, oh my goodness, Borderlands 3 from several years ago from Gearbox. Yeah, that oh, one. Yeah. And also a lot of EA ones were always a bit... Yeah, uh, so like it's here, but it's a little janky, a little squirrely. Um, and of course, the question always becomes, <sighs> behind the scenes, 
does this app seemingly app or alleged Apple sponsorship, does that have a limit? And they're just going to keep doing it. Will it catch on? I know we do have, uh, what's his name? Hideo Kojima promising mm-hmm. to bring his future games to Mac, which currently we just know is Death Stranding 2, but who knows what other oddball project he'll come up with. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's all good. To me, it's not yet great, but it certainly looks great down the line. Like I'm more curious, okay, what will happen next year now that this new hardware here, ray tracing here, the library is slowly building. A couple more things are releasing this December, Mm. you know, coming soon. Okay, great. Grid and No Man's Sky and I forget what else. Oh, dang it. I think I forgot. I didn't say, I don't know if it's here. I had made a list of games. I didn't even realize it'd come to Mac, but I don't know where I put it. <laughs> and there were a couple things I believe we hadn't mentioned. <laughs> I mean, one, one I hadn't heard of at all, but that Apple mentioned in the M3 release was Firmament or something like that. Uh, yes, that was on my heard list. Of that one, but, okay. Mm-hmm. Darn it. I'm not seeing it saved. Oh, was it a, was it a sticky note instead of a text file? Mm, sorry, guys. Vision, vision. Yeah, no, but like things happening. things are happening, but uh, they are they are. But like it's just real. Yeah, sorry, Ted, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, having been you know into this for so long, it's like remembering the you know the days years ago where there was lots of games, and and now it's petered down. It's nice to see it coming back up again, but mm-hmm. it's it's a slow process, <laughs> and you know, I don't know how much patience a lot of people have, and I'm just afraid that. You know, not enough people are going to stick behind the Mac, you know, and just jump over. So, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the Apple two days of games, but uh, nothing is going to be. <laughs> well, yeah, but even in the, you know, the later days <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. Mac, once they, I, you know, I had a friend once who, you know, he, he's been my friend since ever. And mm-hmm. he had a he had a, a, you know, kids, he had a lot of kids. And <laughs> he always made a joke that his kids didn't know, compute, you know, anything about colors because he always had Macs. Back, mm. back in the day, they were monochrome, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, finally, you know, his latest, last kid was born when the Mac finally went into colors. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was just, yeah. But, yeah, no, but back in those days when the Mac went to colors, the, you know, and the computers were, you know, pretty decent. There were so many games, and now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's petered off to almost nothing. But but I always do think it's funny because like the the days of the Apple II and the two GS and all that, it seemed like there were more games on the the Apple computer of the day than there were the other platforms. Almost. Oh right? yeah, but, yeah, definitely back in those days. You yeah. know, there was there was and you know and shareware was a huge thing. You mm-hmm. know, people were writing stuff left and center, and you know, for a few bucks, you could, there was some really excellent games out there and mm-hmm. other things too. You know, other software, but um. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of petered out, and but there's a few people sticking with it, and that's a good thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I'm I'm more looking, you know. I feel like we've really established the silicon, what do you call it, um, foundation at this point, mm. uh, market penetration, whatever the word is, uh, saturation. That's what I was looking for. Okay, sat, yeah. Um, seems pretty strong. Obviously, Apple's making a gaming push. Games are coming out. New, like, pretty juicy hardware is here with the M3 ray tracing support finally here for the first time on Mac. It's been on phones a while, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the um, iPhone 7, oh, sorry, the iPhone 15 Pro was the first with ray tracing, and that was just September, so it's not okay, been... Okay, for some reason, long. okay, what I was thinking of was a um one of those Apple, like, tech talks from years ago, where they were, I think it was a, it was like a demonstration... <laughs> It was like a oh, metal so, so metal metal has had concepts of ray tracing for a while That's and acceleration structures and stuff, but it's not been like properly hardware accelerated. It's just been that you've been, been able to inform metal uh, that you were doing ray tracing, and it's been able to do like slightly accelerated paths through the compute pipeline. But it's it's not been like hardware acceleration. But yeah, if you wrote yeah. your your metal code with those ray tracing like fundamental principles in your metal shader then it'll automatically work with the shader cores of the M3 and the A17 Pro. Speaking so. of that, um, okay, I think we covered that. Yeah. Um, okay, I can't recall if we talked, did we talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage last time? I thought we did. Uh, the short off, uh, we talked about it was coming to iPhone, but I don't know if we said that it's like confirmed to have a Mac release. 
Does it have a confirmed Mac release? I can't remember. I think you I read that somewhere, but now yeah. I'm getting doubtful. <laughs> uh, you, were, you were talking something about the Apple event and the phones and the best way to bring it to the iPhone is bring it to Mac. Maybe you could comment on that. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned before, Apple has done a few um, developer-oriented tech talks since the announcement of the M3 series. One of those being where I mentioned they, they dove into the GPU architecture, but another one was called uh, Bring Your High-End game to iPhone or something to that effect. And like one of the pretty early things they said in that tech talk was if you're planning on bringing your high-end game to iPhone, the first thing we recommend is bring to the Mac. Um, the reason they gave was something to the effect of, you know, you already have something that works on a certain performance tier, let's say PC or whatever. Um, and we have something like game porting toolkit and a lot of tools that will allow you to pretty quickly get something up and running on the Mac. Uh, which will set you off on a on a course where you can develop something and, and you actually have something to look at to see what goes wrong instead of you know coding blindly and going well it still doesn't compile I'll change a million lines of code and then I'll finally oh I got a black screen I don't know what's happening <laughs> um, and then you know if they start trying to do all this on the iPhone and then they finally get something running and then it's like well it's running at two FPS. Um, because we don't know what to scale and stuff. But if they develop on the Mac, then they have a starting point where they have something that runs at a decent frame rate, and then they can, from there, you know, bring that directly to the iPhone and then figure out what to scale down and these sort of things to, to get it to work. But the, the, the takeaway was that Apple told these game developers, step one, bring it to the Mac. Right, Which, right, right. you know, indicates that they they might be looking at the strategy that we've discussed in this podcast a few times where... Um, the popularity of the iPhone is a way of getting interest from game developers to also port to the Apple platform as a whole, getting more games to the Mac to get the market share of the iPhone because, well, it runs there, so it also runs here. Yeah, I think to, like if that really takes off, to me, that becomes like that's the, well, let's just call it current final. That'd be like the current conclusion that could like really mm -hmm. start a wave of cool stuff. You know, Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, I happen to play Valhalla on the PC. It features a character, sort of a prequel to a side character in that game, Basim yeah. or Basim or something. Uh, it was reasonably well rated on PC. Not the best Assassin's Creed ever, but not bad. But, you know, to me, a big game like that, once again, like kind of legitimizes the platform. It's a big mm. IP that's super popular. And it is in, in and of itself, it's a cool game. That's not just mm. another horror racing game, which we're kind of spammed with. Mm. No offense to horror and racing fans. It's just not my jam. Um, so I have fun. I have fun demoing those games, but I don't love to just like play them back to back. But I also can't help but think this, right? So Apple's push here is clearly that the iPhone has a massive market share. You know, in incentivize developers with the massive market share of the iPhone get games on Apple platform as a whole. But with that said, is there really and like the iPhone market is huge? Mm -hmm. But is the iPhone AAA gaming market huge? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Right, right, because like right. all of us here are like, well, I wouldn't want to play that on a phone, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> furthermore, like the the high end games like Assassin's Creed Mirage, and Apple has already said that's limited to the uh, iPhone 15 Pro and the iPads with the M1 chip and above and shit. So right. you're not going to be able to run it on even the like iPhone 15 non Pro. Just the brand new iPhone 15 right, won't right. run Assassin's Creed Mirage. So I don't know. Yeah, I checked on a release date really quick. So no Mac confirmation, but it's coming to the iPhone 15 Pro in 2024, quote-unquote. Okay. So mm -hmm. uh, not even confirmed what quarter, just 2024. Right, okay. Um, then I read something else that said something to the effect of a lot of the iPhone games being confirmed to come on Mac, but I guess not that one. Maybe that was just the Resident Evil 4 thing or something, but yeah. The Resident Evil 4 was confirmed, so that is that is coming. Um, But once again, by association, it would be very surprising if they put all the effort to put out like a proper AAA iPhone Pro 15 Pro port and not have a Mac version. It's like, what? Mm. Why not? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, to me, it would be odd. You know, yeah. maybe not from like an indie developer, but from these like major heavy hitter publishers. It's like, mm. you can't bear the little, well, presume, I don't know how I was going to say little extra effort. I don't know if that's true. Let's just call it the extra effort. But I can't imagine it's like an enormous, insane amount of extra effort. But I also um, find it funny that, that someone like Farrell, they're doing um, a, a remake of Hitman Blood Money. Have you seen that? No, really. But they're they? doing a remake of Hitman Blood Money for iPhone, Android, and Nintendo Switch. Oh, maybe I did Full see stop. that. Full stop. 
No yeah, PC, that's... Mac, anything. Just wow. I find it such a weird platform selection, right? Everyone loved Hitman Blood Money, and you're remaking it, but only for mobile devices. Why? That's odd. That is odd. So, so right. We were you were just saying before because this is relevant. You know, none of us here want to play AAA games on an iPhone. That's true. So, but Apple or whoever tech media seems to be kind of pushing the iPhone 15 Pro. Maybe it's just Apple as this kind of, you know, game console, sort of a Switch or Steam Deck kind of thing you could plug in or hook up to a bigger screen mm-hmm. and then use the controller or whatever, you know, to play the game that way. Mm-hmm. So you're still playing on a phone, but it's in a more console slash computery type, let's say, okay, console type setup. Um, I mean, how viable, wasn't there some concerns about overheating or length of time playing or do you have any concerns? Um, I've heard concerns of that, but the Apple has actually directly addressed that to the developer community. Uh, so within uh, iOS 17 and Xcode, whatever, 15, 15 or either 15.1 or one of the new Xcode releases, there's a new flag that you can set during development that will pre-throttle your test device. So when you push your latest game build to the iPhone 15 Pro that you're testing on, it will already, at the moment the game launches, throttle the CPU and the GPU to the performance tier that they will be able to sustain indefinitely, such that you can test with the performance that you will have after having run the game for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, however long it takes to reach heat capacity, right? You can turn that off and go like, oh, wow, my game runs at a million frames per second, and then after 30 minutes you'll reach that wall where it just tanks. But now developers will be able to test that without needing to play for 30 minutes before realizing, oh, my game actually runs significantly worse than I expected. (laughs) So (laughs) Apple is aware of the heating thing, and they are addressing it for developers. Um, But they also want to keep it in such a way that if you are doing short burst tasks and not sustained gaming, then you can actually benefit from your photo being ready to export in 30 seconds so it never throttles. You can just run the high performance too. So, yeah, in that sense, could be very interesting um, if that's more their attempted market or let's, uh, their pitch for AAA mm-hmm. gaming on the iPhone is iPhone 15 Pro or the iPhone Pro insert X number here, 16, 17, and so on mm-hmm. in the future. The, the problem I see with it is that you're still, like, again, the iPhone market is huge. But if I need to buy 15 accessories to plug it into my TV, get a game controller, um, I don't know, I, like, I need to be conscious of it when I scroll through the app store, like, will this work best with a controller? Will it work well with a touchscreen when I'm on the go? Will it support being cast to a TV versus just the phone and all that? It's not an integrated smooth experience as it would mm-hmm. be with a Switch or a Steam Deck where the purpose of the device is this gaming experience and all of the peripherals around it and the the software that runs it is built for that purpose. Right. The market keeps shrinking when you add all these requirements to the experience, the peripherals, the software experience and all that. Right. So I'm I'm not convinced on it. The harder it is. I'm not convinced either. I'm just trying to think like, what's the most optimistic outcome? (laughs) (laughs) I I can definitely see good experiences being had this way where you plug it into a TV, you have controllers, maybe you have those like clamps controllers that attach to either side of the phone when you're on the go, like a switch experience or something. I can see good experiences being had in this environment, but there's just so many constraints on it. Mm. Yeah. It's true. It really is. So, um, yeah, absolute best course is, of course, they can do whatever they want with the iPhones as long as the game gets to Mac, you know. Mm. (laughs) But but we're also still in this weird situation, right, where when I buy a game on the iPhone App Store, I can also play it on my iPad, but not on my Mac, right? Even if the game is available on all three platforms. The App Stores on the iPad and the iPhone are intrinsically linked. But yeah. the Mac is just completely separate, so that bubble still. And oh, if really? the, if Apple yeah. really wants this world, they need to tie that all together again. But on the right. flip side of that, the games are often significantly more expensive on the Mac App Store, so it it gets like complicated in that sense as well, right? right? Yes, correct. Um, but no, <laughs> some kind of yeah, I don't know how to solve that. Whether you know. You offer like two options on the same page, like Mac version or whatever, or they offer some kind of Steam Play type idea where it buy once, play anywhere. But then, how do you account for that pricing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, it needs to be smoother. There's a lot of bumps in the road if they are going to like push this route and you know not maybe the Mac route, or if they really are going to push the App Store route and kind of leave Steam aside. Yeah. Um, you know, something something would need to change there, hopefully. Anyway. Yeah. 
But like the storefront situation problem, whatever you want to call it, I, I think is <laughs> is a major hurdle, more, probably as much as the games is, because like Apple has had these massive disputes with Epic, um, and if, mm-hmm. Epic could close down the Epic Store at any point. I don't think they will, because you know they want to make money. They're a corporation. They don't care about the lawsuit if they can make money off of Apple users. Um, but you know you want to stay on good terms with the store owners, right? Um, even if not in the case of like being on good terms with the Unreal team or whichever team, as long as you are on good terms with the the Epic Store people. Um, You want to be on good terms with Valve, who, you know, they want to push their own thing. They want to push the adoption of the Linux Steam boxes and all that. And and they have a big market on Windows, but the Mac market is presently maybe not that big to them. And then Apple is pushing the App Store and they might be like, well, why should we cooperate with you? But we have all these games already and you don't. And and then you have like places like I mentioned before, EA being a bit... um, less than ideal in their Mac porting a lot of the time. Well, on Windows, they've switched away from Origin ages ago into this EA app thing. And on the Mac, when you go to the download page for the EA app, they still go like, well, you can still get Origin. (laughs) Well, thank you. But that's like the old thing you've got. And you've moved away from that ages ago. And I guess you're just not going to offer the EA app ever on Mac. And you're just going to like maintain us on this life support system where we can play the games we already own, but you know, we're locked out of future support or something. I don't know. Like the the storefront problem, I think is is a major one because um, you want choice in the market, and there's a lot of games that are gonna only exist on one storefront over others for either exclusivity reasons, which seems to be a big deal in in the gaming industry, but also just you know, there's just players like. I assume all of us here who already own a, a bunch of games on, on any of these storefronts and we don't want to lose, you know, Mac support for the storefront as a whole and lose access to all the games we already have on there on the Mac. And we right. like not just losing support entirely, but getting neglected and getting, you know, versions that don't support a million features that become relevant on the other platforms or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. No, it's, it's a battle, you know, we have talked about storefronts before, but it, but it's more looming now that more mm-hmm. of these games are poised to start arriving, and almost uh, as far as I know, the vast majority are just on the App Store. I think Liza, yeah, and, and I think Apple needs to be careful. Both, something like that. There's a there's a small amount who are like mm-hmm. on both, but most of them are. Yeah, I was a bit, a bit happily surprised when I saw that Lies of P at least were allowed to be both on the App Store and Steam because I thought that might be exclusive as well. Um, but I, th- I think Apple needs to be careful there because the more they push App Store exclusivity, the more they might push the storefront owners like Epic and, and Valve and uh, CD Projekt Red with GOG and stuff away from the platform, fearing that Apple is going to make it more of a walled garden than <laughs> other right. uh, PC gamers have often portrayed the Mac as being that I've not particularly thought to be true in the past. But if, if Apple keeps pushing for exclusivity of the Mac App Store, and not just like timed exclusivity, but indefinite exclusivity, mm-hmm. that could become something to push the store owners away. Um, right. Interesting point. Yeah, because all, uh, all the Epic stuff is timed. Six to twelve months, mm-hmm. um, and then it comes out wherever else it comes out. Steam typically and right. GOG and whatever it might be. Um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Thankfully, a few platforms have kind of died off. Microsoft Store, although I think it still exists, maybe it doesn't. I forget. I you know, think Windows it still Live, exists, that, but I, 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 yeah, I nobody uses it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Origin, which is now EA app. Um, and you still have all these third-party launchers like the Rockstar one and I don't know, whoever, Ubisoft, How Connect, I think it's called. And yeah, it's definitely a, a real soup out there because everyone wants their own thing. Mm. Kind of like the streaming wars, suddenly everyone has their own streaming service and so on, you know, all this stuff. Um, like you said, to a certain extent, the options are healthy, but then when they become so like bloated and ridiculous, mm. it, in my opinion, becomes like detrimental to the gamer. Uh, I feel like we're at slight bloat at this moment. I wouldn't mind a little trimming, but I can't also um, begrudge companies the desire to make more money and have their own, like, right, right. Uh, advertising, whatever you want to call it, like their brand front and center and stuff. I, I hate when you get these weird situations where you, like, you buy your game on Steam, and then when you hit launch, it opens the EA app or whatever and goes, yeah. like, right, now I'm locking you in here, <laughs> so I'm actually the one who has the game for you. 
but you bought it and downloaded it on Steam, but what you downloaded was the EA app launcher that knows that you've got the game because Steam, it's a mess. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. You got to set up an account on one of the other yeah. services, right? Exactly. Yeah, I've yeah. done that before. Yeah. I think there's some game that has three layers. I forget which one it is. Right. It was, or, oh, that was it. It was the latest Modern Warfare 3. Mm. It actually doesn't have its own executable. So it goes through Steam, I think maybe some other launcher, then you launch into Modern Warfare 2, and then you sidestep over into Modern Warfare 3. But when you do that, it quits Modern Warfare 2 back to desktop and launches Modern Warfare 3 and, like, reloads everything and then puts you in the game. Gamers are wow. like, oh, like that Jackie Chan meme or something. Like, wow. Like, hold their brains exploding, you know. That's Maybe terrible. they fixed it by now, but that's how it was on launch. It was just like, who, wow. who does this? Mm. What? What clown programmed this? You know, just like yeah, I, mean, I, I recently downloaded Mirror's Edge and Mirror's Edge Catalyst because they were on fun. massive sales. Like I got yeah. them, them both for like two euros or something yeah. incredibly low. Um, and like when I, so I, I wanted to try if either of them could run through the gameboarding toolkit, and I figured Catalyst was the best shot because. Well, it actually runs on a modern version of DirectX, and Gameporting Toolkit doesn't support DirectX 9, which the original one was. And right. I, I tried to open it, and the, the step that fails is not running the game, it's opening the EA app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Actually, oh, great games, though, if you like parkour. I played them Yeah, back I'll, I'll really boot fun. into Windows at some point and play them. Yeah. On boot they're, they're, they're a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah, also so, got Frostpunk yeah. on uh, on the autumn sale, which has a Mac version. Ooh, I'm looking forward to trying does. that. It does. It yeah. does. Great game. I've mm-hmm. played it uh, a couple of runs of it. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, pretty cool. Pretty intense. Nice. Um, also has a board game. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> fun, fun fact. <laughs> um, yeah. So the conclusion is, as ever, there is a lot of potential, a lot of promise. More and more of that is realized month by month, year by year. Um, there's definitely a lot of challenges in the road ahead to Mac mm-hmm. gaming. Some of them have no clear or let's say no obvious solutions. Uh, a lot of it, I think, is also how will the market respond? The Mac, the Mac gaming market, the iPhone market. Mm-hmm. Um, how will Apple keep responding? How will game developers keep responding? It's obviously it's all also linked together, you know, in kind of a, a what do you call it? Um, I don't know the word. I'm uh, symbiotic relationship kind sure. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we can only make our best guesses, you know, mm. at, at these things. But but that's that's actually yeah. an ex- excellent segue into the ch- license changes for Gameporting Toolkit. If uh, oh yeah, so early on in the life of Gameporting Toolkit, Apple's license prohibited use of Gameporting Toolkit with outside of the explicit use of bringing a game natively to Mac as a developer. Right. Um, then later on, they loosened the license a bit, um, made it allowed for companies like Codeweavers to integrate Gameporting Toolkit into emulation layers to play your games directly that way. I still believe the license prohibited directly bundling it as the product itself, like putting it in a game and releasing that. But you could release a product with the explicit intent of using Windows software like Codeweavers does and stuff, uh-huh. right? Right. Um, that was one like way Apple went a bit... Maybe it's okay if not every game is native, but there's just a nice ecosystem that'll allow you to play things, even if it's not the perfect experience. It's better to have an experience, right? Right. Yeah. Um, now there's been an even further developing towards this. It's better that it exists than that. You know, we have um, a smaller amount of perfection than a larger amount of okay, which is. Um, even before Apple released Gameporting Toolkit 1.1 to the developer community, Codeweavers had already released Gameporting Toolkit 1.1 in a beta version of Crossover, which means that they clearly talked to Apple in a more secretive sense um, mm. and get access to Gameporting Toolkit before everyone else now, which I find very interesting given that in the beginning, Codeweavers was a little bit, I don't know, they seemed disappointed that Apple was using Crossover without even informing them that they were going to use the Crossover engine to power parts of Gameporting Toolkit. Obviously, Apple built a lot on top of it, but that they used a lot of the core open-source software that Codeweavers had made, and they didn't even acknowledge it pretty much aside from what they were legally required to. And now they, they seem to actually have a, a pretty decent partnership where they get access to it before the developers uh, get access to the toolkit, even though it's still a developer tool. <laughs> right 
Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the Codeweaver's website. Their emails are always really enthusiastic about the gaming stuff. Yeah, because I, I get their emails. Their website, at least up front, does not make that particularly obvious. You got to kind of dig mm. to like, you know, they don't. Well, maybe maybe it's a um, I don't know if it's a legal thing. Like, I'm not seeing banners like "Play Cyberpunk Diablo 4. Yeah, <laughs> their emails say that, but their website. You have to like dig several pages in. Like, yeah, I don't know, but if you at least if you Google the right thing, the like Google link into the Code Rivers website will say something like "Play games on Mac with crossover" or something right, like that. Yeah. So they they definitely do market it, but yeah, the the front page or the the pages in on the website can be a bit um, hidden with that marketing message sometimes. Tiny I don't bit, know. tiny bit. It's a bit weird. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe I don't know if I'm understanding this correctly. Do you see a world where Apple, kind of like the old cider days, just releases stuff like with this game porting toolkit? Just kind of. I, I still don't Here think Apple wants products, uh, and I, I still don't think it's part of the license. Though I must admit, I haven't read it uh, in any detail level at all. I've just heard sure. this uh, from people, but I, I still believe it's prohibited from the license to ship a product, a game, or whatever. Uh, right. That is powered exclusively by Game Porting Toolkit. It's mm-hmm. only allowed to do things like testing, yeah, right, yeah, or or products like crossover where the product itself is sure to play it's things. Pad, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other um, thing too with I was just going to say though with crossover, it's not just gaming. It can do, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can use it for a lot of other things. So exactly, yeah, yeah. Good point. But um. I still don't think Apple wants a future where, you know, you buy a Mac game and it's it's running through Game Point and Toolkit. Right. But I do think they want a future where you can buy and play the Mac games that exist. And if you want to play a game that doesn't exist, then there is a sort of higher than present level of community knowledge that it might be possible hmm. through products like crossover with game hoarding toolkit or whatever and i i think apple wants to be part of like contributing to that that we might get sort of a semi proton like experience on mac with the the steam integration like i don't think they'll fully get to the point where steam is fully integrated with all of this or anything but i think apple does see that it worked sort of well for linux to have this proton layer and that a lot of games are playable on the steam deck pretty well even when they don't run natively. And I think they see some success in that that they could capitalize on. And and as you said before, right, uh, Cyberpunk running on the Mac sort of legitimizes it in your eyes. Mm. And if, you know, through crossover, they can show the world that you, you can run Cyberpunk at ultra settings 1440p with the M3 Max and get like plus 80 frames per second all the time, um, even through the translation layer, I, I, I think they see some marketing value in that and want to contribute to that uh, right, existing. Right, right. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of all I had for general topics, some tech talk, some, let's just call it the market analysis. By market, I mean the Mac gaming market ecosystem, ecosystem is the better better word. Mm. Um, some scattered game announcements. If you're a horror fan, you know, <laughs> or a Resident Evil fan, then, well, they seem committed to just keep pumping those out, mm. um, both on the PC and coming to the Mac side. So that's cool. Um and the future of, you know, the platform, plat- I mean, the storefront platforms, to me, that's almost a bigger battle. I agree with Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, games will come inevitably one way or the other, but where will they be sold and how can you access them? That's <laughs> like the real question. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. But but also it's like to a point we've made earlier, like with the, the timeline of everything, mm. we, we've talked about how it, it might seem like we've been talking about this stuff for ages and it's just coming to fruition and all that stuff. But if you look at the hardware features versus the software features that exist on the Mac right now, um, Apple has announced that they'll, within uh, before the end of the month, like sometime early next week, release Final Cut 10.7. And this is a video editing, and it doesn't relate to, to gaming, but it's sort of tangentially related. Final Cut 10.7 will finally make use of more than one of the media engines on the M series of chips. Now, all the way back when they announced the M3 Max, they were like, and it has two media engines. And the M1 Ultra had four media engines and all this stuff, right? Where the M3 or the M1 and the M1 Pro only had one media engine. Uh, and the media engines on the Pro and Max chips are bigger. But anyway, it's not until now that Final Cut can actually make use of more than one media engine. 
but it's all the way back to the M1 Max that they put two media engines in there. Interesting. So clearly there's like a, a, quite a timeline from when they implement a feature in the hardware to when the software starts rolling in. And this is just like a, a media engine, right? Using more than one media engine. It. I'm not saying it's a trivial task, but relative to implementing a full game on Apple Silicon, it's easier, right? To, to, make, to parallelize this task and split it across the media engines. At least I would imagine yeah, so, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good example of potential timelines, potential possibility, uh, tangentially mm-hmm. related, as he said. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. The game dev. Yeah. To me, it's mostly uh, what's next year's announcements. You know, we have, again, Grids mm-hmm. coming, Grid Legends, Resident Evil 4. I think that's kind of it, at least for AAA games for this year that mm-hmm. I know of. Um, I would so love to talk to Farrell and like know if anything went wrong in the development of Grid Legends mm. that, like, that caused all of this, or if they were like <laughs> always just planning on a timeline that seemed significantly longer than what everyone yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I used to be, I used to be close to them. Haven't done a while, but might be able to grab someone. We could might at least be able to get a text like a. If we couldn't get a podcast interview, I uh, <laughs> probably be up for uh, like an email one. You know, we could yeah, definitely try for it. That could be super interesting you know, to, yeah, to hear some cool, thoughts. Yeah. I have their uh, you know PR contact. So at least yeah. the last was a lady. Uh, last I checked, may have changed mm-hmm. by now. That's less relevant. Um, but uh, yeah, if we couldn't get someone on directly, which would be nice. Obviously, they have their front-facing PR. They can only say so much, but um, could be very interesting if they could, you know you know i was gonna say spilled beans that's probably too strong a word but you know <laughs> uh, provide some more context or information yeah. would be interesting right. for sure i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note that i can at least ask can't, can't hurt to ask right mm-hmm. <laughs> ask feral about grid legends development question mark all right it would also be cool to like hear what their thoughts on their future role in the mac ecosystem for games is mm. it, like yeah mm. but I, I imagine that's something where they would be maybe less responsive than something as concrete as what was the timeline for that? <laughs> probably, probably, you know, cause you know, well, there's always obviously two things. When I was a journalist, you get a relationship, they'll tell you things off the record. And of course mm-hmm. you have to respect that. And then of course, right. well, what's on the record could be something completely different because it's the entire company's, you know, yeah. uh, statement policy, whatever. Yeah. Um, Aspire had, had the same thing. So, I'm not close enough with them anymore to get the inside scoop like I used to, but, um, you know, might be able to get something interesting. It's worth a poke, see what happens. Um, But I actually like that question because I think it's really relevant. Um, Like their, um, I think, what do you say? What is their position? Yeah, role or position or whatever, yeah. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they, you know, there could just be a, what do you call it? A typical answer like, uh, you know, we love the Mac and we'll keep, bringing the games that make sense, you know, I'm paraphrasing, you know, might <laughs> just be the answer, but maybe there is a more interesting answer. Like, oh yeah, we're, we're pivoting more to mobile because that's the bigger market and it just makes sense yeah, I mean, for us. Uh, you know. If you look at what they've been releasing, they have been broadening the scope to Nintendo Switch, Android, iPhone, all these things, right? Yeah. Um, but they've still been releasing Mac games. And I, I just, I'm interested to know if they, if they see it as a broadening of the scope uh, exclusively or if it's more of a change of direction right right um, as well as something like you know now they're bringing grid legends to the mac even if they can't tell us what do they have more projects in the pipeline or are they just sort of like well we're working on all like hitman blood money reprisal uh we're working on Nintendo Switch like do they have more mac specific things in the pipeline even if they can't tell us what or is it just the other platforms for now or how is the relationship with Apple? Do they like foresee future sponsorships from Apple's side? If grid legends was fully sponsored or partially sponsored by Apple, or is it more for that was a one time time thing? And then other things will be direct with the publishers or whatever, but yeah, interesting. In any case, I forgot they had, um, total war of Pharaoh did come out. There's that too. Yeah. There's the total war series. I mean, it kind of tanked on, Yep, <laughs> like market side, but it did come out for Mac nonetheless. So I'm looking at their <clears throat> radar. Oh, it's just all the known stuff. It's Hitman Blood Money twice, because <laughs> uh, one Switch and one's mobile, um, and then it's Grid Legends. So mm. nothing unknown on their radar, but uh, you know, there's there's stuff. 
no, they're not dead. You know, I, I poke fun at them, but it's, it's out of love. Like they are yeah. my favorite company. Um, and they I love put out um, some of my best, yeah. like gaming, uh, memories on the Mac, you know, bar none. So, or gaming in general, even honestly. So it's like, uh, if anyone thinks I'm being mean to them or unreasonable, mm-hmm. it's like, I have, uh, just a lot of love for them in my heart. Yeah, I mean, if, if we should be mean know. to anyone, it's Aspire who abandoned us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, sort of a, it's not necessarily an update, but we talked about Aspire before and um, the Nightsteel Republic remake. Mm-hmm. And it was confirmed they got yanked off the project and it was given to someone else. Yeah. Um, and I think even, it might have even been given to someone else after that. Uh, last I heard, whoever's in charge of it said, like, don't ask me about it because I have nothing to say. He got, like, annoyed <laughs> right. in some interviews. So wow. it's it's not wow. just it's not just Aspire's presumable fault, whatever they did wrong in the project. The project itself was, like... yeah not canned but all but it's it's been put on like indefinite hold which mm-hmm. probably means it's canned but you know could come back mm-hmm. um yeah you know they just disappeared into the bigger corporate um like a giant ooze slime like got absorbed some terrible D campaign gone wrong um <laughs> <laughs> whoever bought them saber interactive then someone else bought saber and on and on you know this, this whole uh, what is it like Russian doll thing? Like buy, 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 buy. Like bigger, mm. or smaller to bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the emails you get from them. This is just like sale on a game we released a million years ago. Also, <laughs> we know that the, the the iPhone exists or whatever. Like the, there's not been Mac news from Aspire for a million years, uh, and yeah, I don't think there ever will be again. <laughs> no, I I'm not gonna hold my breath once again. A lot of love for what they did in the past. Respect. Um, mm-hmm. I wish. They went out with a bang instead of a whimper, and it's hard. I mean, it's like, I can't even call it a whimper. Mm-hmm. Really, they just kind of ghosted us. Not cool. Um, I was the last thing they did was that like um, Civilization Six or something? Civ, uh, they released um, ty- some theme park tycoon simulator nonsense. I can't stand it. It was right. a 2016 game. tycoon thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, they, yeah. It was a 2016 oh, one, PC yeah. game. They ported in. 2020 something 2021 right. it was random as heck it just popped up because i still get their uh press emails as well mm. i'm like what the hell is this i was like aspire new game a t- tycoon I'm like i kind of pride myself on knowing most games on the market i'm like i don't know what, what even is this game i had to google it i'm like when i saw that when i saw that okay. email i thought it was uh, i thought it was an old game that they were just having a sale on again or something i didn't realize <laughs> it was a new thing <laughs> yeah yeah um, you know, yeah, I really wish they went out with a bang, put out some cool new game, you know, or new a newer game of some type, even if it was their last one, like a last hurrah, like would have been like respect to instead they just like where'd they go? You know, the uh John Travolta mm-hmm. meme from Pulp Fiction, he's like looking around like, huh? What? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what happened? So yeah, anyway. Um Feral Feral's chugging along, or you know, okay, I said they're on life support specifically for mac games it's a little awkward but they are mm. producing other things so they are alive just not yeah, you see activity putting, from them uh, all they're, the time they're doing their activity absolutely mm. it's just not always in the area i would prefer which is yeah. to the mac but you know but but unlike fair or sorry unlike aspire who you know even when they have activity you're often sitting there like well there's this doesn't seem to be apple related at all you just you just made a blog post that didn't say anything <laughs> um feral you know even even when um when it can take a while between Mac related things, well, they will pop up with a new Total War or the Grid Legends thing or, or whatever. It, it happens with semi regularity still, even if it's not something, you know, completely, whoa, we're surprising everyone with uh, the Shadow of War, Middle Earth, like when they did that or something. But they just go, like, well, we are continuing the series we've already invested in, like Total War or whatever. So they, yeah. they still publish things all the time that relate to the mac even if it's not something entirely new and exciting or I'm, yeah, i shouldn't they, say new and yeah. exciting because you know total war games for the people who care about them can be new and exciting but yeah they, it's they not do really put in the effort they have um blog posts they put up many sites for the games like faq and extras and cool features and own yeah. like little gifs and videos and you know they put in the effort like when yeah. they put out a release they do put in the effort and they've always done that i gotta give it to them like mm-hmm. it's nice and they, they put out like shop. little YouTube videos with trailers yeah. that explicitly yeah. say like coming to Mac and all these exactly. things. Exactly. So. Uh, they have their own store even. You can buy from them, which as far as I know is a Steam version, but they would get more money. So mm-hmm. if you're going to buy on Steam, might as well buy from them. Um, it's it's cool. I think the last thing I bought from them was uh, the second Tomb Raider game, the the rebooted one, Rise mm-hmm. of the Tomb Raider maybe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. 
But um, yeah, a lot of love to Feral. Hopefully, you know, the next gaming release is in like two to three years after Grid mm-hmm. Legends. Or okay, once again, Total War Pharaoh, even if bombed, I'm sure somebody loved it. But um, to me, that's like a mini Total War, not like a Total War three, which is like a major uh, Warhammer Total War three, which is like a major Total War release. Mm. Um, hopefully, kind of something. And Grid Legends is a major racing game, and I believe it's very well reviewed on the PC and console and whatever. So, uh, super cool. I would just, you know, I'm hoping for something bigger from them, maybe end of next year or next summer. Or I don't know. I probably not, but you know, a guy can dream. Mm. I can dream. Yes, we can all dream. That's kind of the, <laughs> the Mac gaming mantra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just uh, uh, rename ourselves, rebrand like yeah. the Mac. I don't know the Mac gaming dream podcast yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, sometimes the dreams come true, but yeah, they do. No, it's you know, not all hope is lost. Even though we're kind of poking fun at things. Um, there's very interesting things happening. Like we said, more games are coming. No doubt next year, more announcements will happen. To me, it's the big question mark. Well, what announcements will happen? Which right. PC game from which studio, which dev or Apple or blah, blah, blah. You know, and they do seem to be speeding up their releases a little bit. Like Resident Evil Village to RE4. And maybe, you know, we'll see an AC Mirage. Like the gap is shortening on these like PC, maybe maybe Apple sponsored things. They seem to be coming out a little quicker each year, which to me is promising as well. Um, so that's interesting. Maybe we'll see like that slow build up year over year, you know, one release, two release, three release, four release in a calendar year, whatever, you know. Yeah. And then as I mentioned yeah. on the timeline front, it's not until now that Final Cut is getting full support for even the M1 Max and stuff. So things can take a while to really kick in. Things, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's quite true. So basically, cross your fingers, keep an eye out on the blogs, the news, the podcasts, the YouTubes, and uh, see where it goes. And whatever happens, we'll be there to comment on it and uh, hopefully have fun and uh, have a good time with it. Yeah. As we do. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for showing up, uh, Ted and Casper. Lily and Sam could not be here. They were on Discord, but not here. Um, I'll say hi for them. (laughs) 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 Uh, I think Lily's off. What'd she say? Freezing her butt in the woods or something? Uh, (laughs) So same old, same old. Yeah. 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 So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Have a good one and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Take care.